and welcome to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a lovely guest who was on the Patriot Party podcast many times, and I had the pleasure of being on the show with him the other night, so I wanted to bring him on and pick his brain. So welcome, James Raguski. How are you? I'm good. I had the pleasure of being on that show with you. And so it's, you know, wonderful to connect with someone else. And, oh, there's so many things to talk about. Um, go ahead and yes. start picking away. <laughs> yes, there is. Now, um, I want to discuss first and foremost uh, what is going on with the WHO. Uh, I have covered this on a show before, but I know that you have much more detail and went what much more in depth than I did on this. So let's start with what is going on with that whole situation. Explain that for people. Well, boy, you know, you said we could go as long as we want. That'd be, be here for hours. Uh, I'll, I'll try to give the um, 20 second short attention span uh, view first. So people can take that and run with it. Um, the WHO is trying to take over the world on behalf of the World Economic Forum and the UN and everything else. Um, they, they seem to be the closer to the ground, um, more implementable um, organization where uh, health and the fear of death um, seems to be their game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the current state of international law gives the WHO a tiny little bit of um, authority in regards to international health regulations. And the international health regulations are an 84-page document. And a lot of it's not that bad. Some of it I you know, totally disagree with. But it kind of sets the playing field. It's the rules, I guess, if you will, for what the WHO can and cannot do. Mm -hmm. And so the WHO is really good at using hypnosis and word games and um, repetition of, you know, we recommend this and we recommend this and we recommend this. And many people and many officials around the world comply as if, you know, it is gospel from, you know, the tablets came down from the mountain. The right. WHO said it must be this. And everybody goes, oh, I must comply. Okay. Mm -hmm. If, if the international health regulations gave them all of the authority in the world, why would they be wanting to change them? Right. If everything was good from their point of view, why would they want more authority, more power, more control? Mm -hmm. So obviously the current situation doesn't suit their desires. And so they're going on two tracks. Number one track, which I'm actually a little bit more concerned about is because it's very, very secretive right now. Right. Is um, the uh, world working group uh, for amendments to the international health regulations. They abbreviate it because they love acronyms. WGIHR. And every nation that's a member of 194 nations have been told to submit proposals to that working group by September 30th to be considered at a meeting sometime in November. They haven't set a date yet to talk about amending the international health regulations. And I guess if I used my imagination, I could think, oh, you know, there might be some nations who are going to put proposals in there that I agree with and are wonderful and I could support. Uh, but I haven't seen any indication that that's going to happen. Right. And 
that track would then likely be um, four months in advance of the next World Health Assembly in May of 2023. So four months mm -hmm. before that would be January. They're going to submit likely amendments to the international health regulations. And that's where I came in, you know, months ago. It was like the Biden administration tried to do that this past year secretively. We exposed it. We let everybody know about it. And, right. and the nations around the world said, hey, wait a minute. Okay. Um, this time, though, it's a little bit more scary, in, in my opinion, because the only reason I think that was stopped was some of the smaller nations in Africa and, and elsewhere said, hey, wait a minute, we don't want to just give you everything. We want something in return. Right. And so now they've structured it so that they're at the negotiating table. And if it gets to the World Health Assembly in May, um, I think it'll just go flying right through. Right. Because now they're all in the game. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a whole nother discussion. We could talk in more detail about that. The second track is this thing that people refer to as the pandemic treaty, which right. only actually became a tangible thing on July 13th. They finally mm -hmm. published their quote unquote working draft. They don't call it the pandemic treaty because of the way their constitution is um, the wording. They call it a convention, an agreement, or some other international instrument, but right. everybody refers to the pandemic treaty. And at the moment, it's pretty vague, and it's just kind of like a framework guideline. And at their meetings uh, on July 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st, they agreed that it should be a legally binding instrument and that um, nations should submit their proposals by September 15th, which mm -hmm. is less than a month away. Right. So um, my, you know, uh, awareness-raising efforts right now are to let everybody know, hey, uh, your delegates, who nobody knows who they are, right? The vast Correct. majority of people have no <laughs> idea. Um, your delegates are busy um, giving away the farm. Li and literally, I mean, because they want to control farming and everything else. They're, they're negotiating with the WHO, um, essentially, I believe, to give away more of our personal freedoms and our national mm -hmm. sovereignty right. so that the WHO becomes more akin to a one world government in control of health and farming and animals and food. And I mean, mm -hmm. there's some scary crap going on with that. Um, but there's two, two negotiation tracks going uh, amendments to regulations and a whole brand new treaty. And uh, yeah, they tell us that they're having these negotiations, but what's actually being you know said back and forth is nicely secret. They're just, you know, they're just trying to take over the world. No big deal. Well, and that's that's um, been my concern for quite a while when Bill Gates became their number one contributor. Um, and Bill Gates is, of course, involved in agriculture. And everybody knows here how much, you know, farmland he's bought up. But he's bought farmland literally all over the world. He's in their you know, farming systems, their water supplies, vaccinations, the whole nine yards. Do you think it's possible that he is one of the negotiators? Do I think it's possible? Um, <laughs> um, he's probably not doing the negotiation. Right. But minions, somebody right? from his 
Are you? Do you mean that if people give money to other people, that that gives them influence? Mm -hmm. Oh my! That's very strange to think about, isn't it? I, I, mm -hmm. um, oh hell yeah! You know, I mean, mm -hmm. he's one of many, um, right? And uh, the issue, you know, the other way of looking at that is you or I um, certainly are not right. involved in that. Okay, you know, um, the eight or nine or ten billion people like you or I are you know blissfully unaware that mm -hmm. this is even going on right that decisions about the future of the world are being made um you know in some fancy place in geneva or wherever else they're doing it right there's supposed to be regional uh, meetings um starting very soon if not already um in the six regions around the world uh part of it is uh things that happen in darkness are generally worse than when you shine a light on something and everybody goes, hey, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? My, my, my goofy analogy is um, if you have a pizza and there's one piece still on the coffee table in the box and you guys step out of the room and your dog sees it. Okay. Your dog's either going to snatch it and run or and cat. it's gone. Okay. Or cat. Yeah. Um, or, or, um, or they're going to be looking at it and then you make eye contact with them and they go, oh, crap. And they just mm -hmm. kind of, you know, maybe, maybe they snatch it and run. Right. And it'll be in their mouth until you look them in the eye and then they give it back to you. Um, mm -hmm. Or they just scarf it down. Uh, and, and that's kind of what's going on with our sovereignty, right? Our sovereignty right. is just sitting there on the table. Um, our personal freedoms, our control of our own lives. And, you know, they have their eye on it. Mm -hmm. And they've told us that they want it. And all of our delegates are like, oh, here's that last piece of pizza. You can have it. Um, right. If we're watching them going, no, that's, that's my sovereignty. That's my freedom. You can't have it. Give it back. Okay. They still might try to grab it, but, you know, at least m the more people who are aware that that's what they're currently doing amongst the million other things that they're working on. Mm -hmm. um, if it's done in darkness, it'll, it'll happen like that. And, you know, that's what they were trying to do last year. Right. Um, but, it, but enough people got wind of it. And, um, you know, it's just tough because there's a million things that the media is busy, you know, Distracting, retired and, distracting and, us with so nobody knows know, this is going on you know the cdc changes their guidelines and fauci retires and the fbi mm -hmm. raids somebody and you mm -hmm. know what'll be next and then there'll be a shooting and then there'll be something else and right not that those things are not real and not important necessarily but oh look at this look at this look oh don't look over there go look at that right we don't want you to see that go look 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 over here you know well, I know um, when I talked about this, it was it was in July and there were doctors from around the world that because they had to have video submissions and, and mm -hmm. written submissions and all of that stuff. And there were people um, that caught wind of what was going on because they were trying to sneak everything under the radar and, you know, like hush hush in the corner kind of thing. And I know there were a lot of people fighting over this the thing that is highly concerning to me um is not only that they're giving somebody some group of people that we don't even know um negotiating power for our entire world basically our whole our whole country and everybody else involved um but even so things here are highly concerning with the PREP Act and the CARES Act. 
Uh, I don't know if people have read those or not. But uh, like the whole, you know, everybody knows that there is like, uh, you know, um, oh, my gosh, I'm having a total brain fart. You're talking about liability the, for... The, yeah, where the, there's no liability for vaccine manufacturers right. and stuff. But I don't think people are aware that according to the wording in these acts, manufacturers aren't liable for equipment, faulty equipment, uh, you know, people that manufacture monoclonal antibodies or... Uh, whatever quote countermeasures mean uh, anybody that develops or, or administers or whatever nobody's liable for for right. anything oh i mean or you know, diagnosing it, or testing somebody that they're, they're not liable sure. for that either sure. um you know if <clears throat> if uh you or i had friends in congress and they passed a law that said you could harm somebody with no mm -hmm. liability whatsoever Exactly. I mean, you wouldn't go out wanting to harm people for sure. Well, no. But anybody would look at that and go, now, wait a minute. That's just just clearly unconstitutional. Exactly. Okay? You can't, right? and, and so how these laws have not been challenged and how they've you know, allowed, been allowed to exist mm -hmm. without a constitutional challenge, this is part of the game that I think the um, opposition has figured out. And right. We all need to wake up that if you can get someone to um, get Congress to pass legislation, have it enacted into law and put into regulation, that's blatantly unconstitutional. Oh, 100 um, percent. It'll it'll be technically legal until it's successfully challenged and wiped out. And so. They just keep putting in law after law after law. And, you know, you don't just write a CARES Act with however many hundreds of pages and submit it, I think, in March of 2020, like a couple of days after this whole. It's like that was clearly crafted well in advance, oh, you know, like the Patriot Act and like everything else. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and so, you know, this is an organized cabal you know is it a conspiracy oh hell yeah there's more than one person involved right mm -hmm. is right. it is it theory no it's fact there it is right um, it's it's organized crime it it is and and the thing that um absolutely astounds me is how many um quote emergencies that they've deemed that we are under now yeah. Do you know um, what the number is up to? Well, now? that's actually, yeah, that's actually an article I wrote. I forget how long ago now, and it got knocked off the internet, and then I wrote it again. Um, and Kurt, well, see, there's there's many levels, right? Mm -hmm, and right. so um, with the WHO, they declare, because they feel like it, quite frankly, um, mm -hmm. a public health emergency of international concern. P H E I C, fake. Can't make this stuff up, right? So <laughs> as far as I know at the moment, there's a fake going on with COVID-19 and there's a fake going on with what I call money pot, right? Exactly. <laughs> on, on January 19th of 2017, I'll let that date just sort of percolate. 
uh, on the last full day of the Obama administration before Trump was inaugurated on the 20th, back in 2017, they changed the definition of a public health emergency mm-hmm. in the United States. Right. And they made it so that if Tedros says there's a fake, then Javier Becerra, who's currently the Secretary of Health and Human Services, that's all the justification that he needs to declare a public health emergency, which he did soon afterwards for right. monypox. Okay? Mm-hmm. Goes for 90 days, and there's no turnoff. There's no shutoff. There's nothing that people can do. There's no mechanism for review. Right. There's no override. There's no um, legislative or judicial um, check and balance kind of thing, you know, three right. divisions of government. Um, so every 90 days, could, you know, re- renew, renew, renew as long as he wants. He's essentially uh, a health dictator. Mm-hmm. Okay. Many uh, people. Another aware- unelected. Uh, bureaucrat deciding right. your fate. Mm-hmm. And and so um, on the presidential level, presidents can declare what's called a national emergency, different right. from a public health emergency, right. runs for a year. And there's um, Title 50, I think it's 1622. Congress is obligated, not that they have the power, they're obligated every six months to consider and vote on a joint resolution to tell the president to stop the emergency. Mm-hmm. Well, as far as I'm concerned, every member of Congress should be fired because they are about to fail for, I think, the, I guess, fifth time, 2020, 2021, every six months. You know, so I guess we're two and a half years into this. Right. They're about to fail for the fifth time to represent the will of the people and vote, you know, up or down, you know, whatever the vote may be, um, they're not even doing their core job of representing the people. Mm -hmm. Um, Currently, there are 42 separate national emergencies that are concurrently ongoing, going Mm -hmm. all the way back to the hostage crisis in Iran in 1979 or 80 or whenever it was. Exactly. Um, (laughs) and, and, And so... The definition of a dictatorship is the person who's put in power to dictate, you know, instructions during an emergency. Mm-hmm. That's going all the way back to Roman times. Right. So, you know, we live in a dictatorship, period. It's not a democracy, never was. It's not a republic anymore. It's clearly a dictatorship. You go down another level. Last time I checked, there's a wonderful website called Ballotpedia, and 29 states have rescinded their statewide emergency declaration, but there's still 21 states who are in a state of emergency with COVID. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I get it at the beginning. You don't know what's going on. You're afraid, panic, you know, get all the resources together, do what you got to do. But then at some point, you know, does anybody actually feel like it's an emergency, you know, two and a half years later? No, they just, they're drunk on power. They want that power. They want to continue to pretend that they can abuse our rights because of an emergency, but that's not how inalienable rights work. Right. Okay. A declaration of emergency gives certain power. Maybe you could call out the National Guard. You could access stockpiles of emergency equipment or medications or whatever. 
you don't get to trample my rights just because it's an emergency. That's not how that works. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the, one of the things that I found very interesting under the CARES Act was um, (laughs) their emergency (laughs) medical team that they uh, put together. And I know like during the pandemic, no, the the emergency backup medical personnel in case uh, of <clears throat> emergency. Because um, during the pandemic, <clears throat> students that were in school, whether it was nursing school, medical mm-hmm. school, or whatever, oh, you don't have to take your boards. We'll just pass you and you can go out and take care of patients. I have a huge problem with that. And according to this act, none of those people have liability either in their emergency core of medical, whoever they put together. There is no liability on them whatsoever for diagnosis, treatment, testing, anything. So literally they are giving cart blanche to people that could absolutely destroy your life kill you whatever and it's okay because the government said it's okay right and i have a problem with that that falls into that category of laws that make um unconstitutional and obviously um any reasonable person would say, you know, that's not to be accepted. It gives right. it the illusion of temporarily being legal until mm-hmm. somebody challenges it and the law gets knocked down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you look back on it and you go, wow, look at the amount of crimes that have been committed because something was 100%. presented as legal. Right. And that's, you know, that's, that's hard for people to wrap their head around that our Congress has passed such corrupt, corrupting and corrupted laws mm-hmm. so as to make things that are just morally and ethically absolutely completely wrong, clearly unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, it's the law. Right. Well, yeah, but that law is messed up. And, you know, there's a maxim uh, around all of this that, you know, an, an unethical order in the military or an unethical, immoral, unconstitutional law. Um, shall not be obeyed and people have to be brave enough and wise enough to um, stand up to stand up and go no no bad law not gonna do it yeah and it's kind of like the uh during the whole thing when it was going on like the police that were enforcing things that should have never been enforced or you know dragging people out of their house in the uk for testing and and stuff like that i mean where do you draw the line now me as a healthcare professional and in my state and i've talked about this once before um there was a hospital that um was finally brought in front of our uh, assembly down here because during the whole uh pandemic at the beginning of it they were using equipment bags which are uh lockout tag out bags to put faulty equipment in um so that people don't use them 
There's no holes. There's no nothing. It comes, you know, like the produce bags at the grocery store mm -hmm. that come on a roll. These come on a, on a big roll and they're really long. And, you know, cause you can put like cauterizers or, you know, whatever the case may be. They were bagging patients heads yeah, I saw that, yeah. with these things to protect yeah. staff. Now, I'm going to say, if you are a medical professional, I don't care if you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you're a medical assistant, I don't give a shit what you are. If you do that, that's criminal activity. Because you are hindering that patient's ability to breathe, which means you're not being their advocate and you're trying to kill them. That's attempted murder. I'm not okay with that. And that's why I don't understand well, I do because I know what's going on behind the scenes. I used to do um, billing and coding and stuff. So I know the whole back end of the, mm -hmm. you know, if we say everybody has COVID, you get more money flowing mm -hmm. through places. But I can't understand why there are so many medical professionals that are willing to go along with the false narrative that goes against literally everything you learned in school i don't understand you can always get a job somewhere else or or start something that's not anything tied to government money you know the game has been structured where um people have forgotten what their responsibilities are mm -hmm. okay and right. you know it's it's almost mundane at this point everybody talks about germans and nuremberg mm -hmm. and they go oh you know i was just following orders okay right well um you're responsible for your actions you can't say 100%. it was that person's fault what mm -hmm. did you do and if you read the nuremberg code which i recently did because they had their 75th anniversary right it says very clearly mm -hmm. that the person who's administering the treatment or doing the experiment whatever mm -hmm. it may be um, is ultimately the one who is responsible to know okay. and so explain it to the person it, to get their informed consent. And, and mm -hmm. so uh, I'd like to distinguish between two words. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is awareness. Right. Now, there's an awful lot of things of which I am unaware. I mean, it's a big world. And I certainly don't know everything. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and and when somebody goes, hey, Jim, did you hear about this? Right. I mean, I heard about two or three things just this morning. I'm like, oh, God. Right. You know, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for nothing for telling me about that. Now I got to look into that. OK. And, and see, the problem is now with those things and we can talk about those things because, you know, I'm still becoming informed about something that I only just had my awareness raised about. Right. Um. But once you're aware, you're you're now on the hook. Okay. Right. If you are completely oblivious, mm -hmm. absolutely completely oblivious, you have no idea. And it's not your job to know. Right. Okay. Because part of it is when you're in that position, it is your job to know. And like one of the phrases in there is, you know, oh, we will consider the totality of the science. Mm -hmm. Okay. That doesn't mean you take the little flyer from the CDC and you think that that's the 10 commandments and it's the only thing you ever do. You got to right. read the other books in the Bible. You got to, you got to see what the, you know, absolutely what the other information is. 
and, and you give all of that information unedited and you let the person decide. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so once you are aware, then you have the choice. And I miss, I purposefully pronounced this, I think the proper way you have the choice to become ignorant uh-huh. or proactive, right? If truth, if you don't want to deal with something, you want to ignore it. Doesn't mean you're stupid. It means you are ignorant. Right. And ignorance of the facts, ignorance of the law mm-hmm. is not an excuse. Right. Okay. I might cut you some, some slack if you had absolutely no idea. I mean, there's right. always the, the moment where people go, holy crap, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. I would have never, had I known, I would have never done that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's your job to know. Right. But what we're seeing is people ignoring, you know, the information has been there. You know, these things cause harm. They don't work. There's, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. Right. People have chosen to ignore that, craft the message given to the patient. And it's their responsibility. Anybody who has stuck a needle into somebody's arm and injected mm-hmm. a bioweapon. You are 100% responsible. Is, is a, you know, at war with you, trying to kill you. Yes. And... They get to say they didn't know. See, and that's so. that's a miss. So. That is an absolute misnomer because in whether it's nursing school, medical assisting, uh, doctors, whatever the case may be, you have to take law and ethics classes. You you know you are taught. It's drilled into your head. This is information you are responsible to know. You have to know if it's a treatment or an injection or whatever. You have to know what's in it. You have to know what side effects. You have to know what kind of things they can expect from it, what kind of damage it can cause, what kind of outcomes a procedure can have. You literally need to know absolutely everything. That is your job because you are the person that has to get that okay from that patient you have to give you have to get consent based on information that you were given and all these uh like a friend of mine sent me um a, a phone call where this this guy's son was injured from the vaccine and he died and it was of course you know which one and so he called the pharmacist and the pharmacist was like, well, uh, well, well, I didn't know that the, that was these things were possible. If you're given it, that's your job. That's your absolute flipping job. And I, it, even if you went to pharmacy school, you still go through a law and ethics class. Yeah. Been there, done that. Taught that. Bullshit. So people's excuses don't fly with me. That's your job to know. And the denial, once the evidence has been presented, mm-hmm. okay, has just been extraordinary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the biggest river in the, on the world, right? You know, the denial and, right. and everybody is there. And so now even the CDC, you know, changed their guidance. Okay. And still people are just unable to see it. So, mm-hmm. The, the issue is, you know, how come some people could see it right. and 
make choices to, to do or not to do certain things. Um, how come some uh, professionals said, oh, I guess I'm going to have to leave my profession because I do have those ethical standards Absolutely. and I am able to see it. So, you know, it's certainly seeable. It is mm -hmm. certainly recognizable. It's certainly doable. It's painful. Okay. And, and that's the thing, you know, it's to do the things that are right when everybody else is saying, oh, you know, do what's wrong. Um, you know, all honor and respect to those people who stood their ground mm -hmm. and either fought back and were fired or left or whatever. And, and so, you know, ultimately I focus on working with the willing. And mm -hmm. so, you know, going forward, um, you know, I, I'm focused on, there are many, many, many good, wise, intelligent, informed, open-minded, scientific, you know, thinking people who are not right uh have, have not been um taken over by this religious belief system of do what you're told regardless i was of gonna say harm. cult cult yeah, same <laughs> same story um and, and so you know um going forward you know all support to them all you know all support to you know now it's getting interesting it's like hey now that those businesses who locked you out because you weren't jabbed or because of whatever reason, mm -hmm. now that the um, requirements are less, are you now going to go and, and give them your business? Right. Do they deserve your business now nope. that they're letting you in, you know, nope. movie theaters or whatever. And, and mm -hmm. so um, voting is messed up these right. days. Mm -hmm. But the thing to remember is that, Every minute of every day, you vote with your attention. Anybody right. who's watching this, thank you for the vote. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you watch five minutes, if you watch an hour, if you watch however long we go, okay. Thank you for your vote of confidence, vote of interest, you know, vote of attention. Um, mm -hmm. Every time you spend a dollar or $10 or $100 or a penny, um, you're voting, you know, are you voting to give Walmart and Amazon and um, the cable? TV company and whomever right. else, your dollars. Uh, mm -hmm. if, if we just all voted differently, not in the ballot box, but with our attention and our money, this thing would change on a dime. Okay. Right. Oh, I'm not going to Kaiser Permanente. I'm going to go to an acupuncturist or I'm going to go to a chiropractor or a nutritionist or, you know, faith healer or whatever. A naturopathic doctor. Naturopathic, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, you, oh, Every time you vote with your time and your attention and your money, um, you're part of the problem. And for people watching this, mm -hmm. uh, if you vote to not share the link to this video, wherever it may be, once it's all said and done, mm -hmm. uh, you're censoring this message by not sharing it. Right. Okay. If you don't like it, then, you know, fine, censor it and, you know, that's your you're right but the worst censors uh i run into it all the time oh you know oh i can't share that with somebody they're not going to like it they're going to disagree or i might get banned from facebook or this that's i love that excuse do you know how many times i've been banned from places um i'm just one of those people you cannot shut me up because i know information and it's my job to share that yeah. Just like I mean, it was at work. Same thing. 
Absolutely same thing. You know, at this point, um, you know, I I recognize the addictive nature of social Mm -hmm. media and video channels and all that sort of stuff. Uh, if, If you're still on Facebook, I have to scratch my head and go, what kind of truth are you actually bringing because mm-hmm. you're still there, right? If you were actually really speaking the truth, you'd be long gone, right? If you're still on YouTube, um, how are you censoring yourself to try to play the game, okay? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm as guilty as anybody in terms of, you know, I realize that when I look at certain things, um, I see the advertisement off to the side and I go, ah, oh, crap, I just made him another micro penny. Okay. <laughs> you know, and, and they add up, right? Yep. You know, you're watching something, you want to see the video and the advertisement plays. You go, oh, I just fed the beast again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't do that. Go to a platform where you want the money to flow to, you know, whatever video channel or mm-hmm. social media channel or blog or whatever it might be. Um, you know, you don't notice it. People that are on Facebook or Twitter, um, you know, I've, I've caught myself just looking for some resources on Twitter. I don't really participate, mm-hmm. but I'll go to a hashtag every now and then to see what people are saying. Right. And it's like every third post is an ad. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, Jim, stop doing this. You're feeding the beast. <laughs> okay. And, and so um, if you ever see an advertisement, stop and go, all right, who just made money? Mm-hmm. Do I want that person to make money, right? You might be watching a video on Rumble or something and, and they lead off with the video uh, or wherever it may be. And, and you go, okay, I just saw an ad or I clicked through it. And so whoever is that channel, maybe they made five cents or whatever, you know, the profit. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> Replay the ad, you know, go do it again. Okay. Um, I can retire off of that money from that in <laughs> mm, 180 years, maybe. No. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, we're all doing it to ourselves. Right. And once we realize that and we stop, it'll stop. So let me, let me ask you a question. Um, so what, before you got really deep into research and exposing things and, and sharing information with people, what did you do? Many things. Um, how much time do we have? Um, what did I do? Um, I'll, I'll give you the quick introduction. Uh, it, it, it really started in the fifth grade. This is one of my favorite stories. Um, I grew up in Ohio. Um, I, I went to a Catholic parochial school. I was raised in the Catholic church. I'm not anymore. Same, um, same. And in fifth grade, um, Sister Mary Ursula was giving us a lesson about the national parks of the United States. And she was talking about the parks in California. You got to realize I was in Ohio. And she was teaching us about Yosemite Park. And I raised my hand. I was a very good student, straight A kid, right? Um, I go, sister, I have a question. You know, every morning, kind of sort of religiously on Saturday mornings, I watch Bugs Bunny. And he's got this buddy called Yosemite Yosemite Sam. Yosemite Sam. So is it Yosemite Park or is it Yosemite? Right. And well, that was my last year in parochial school. I went to public school from there on. Uh, That was when I realized. Not because they told you to get out, though, right? (laughs) No, there were other reasons, but that, that was, you know, the trigger. Um, my 
my teachers, it became known to me that my supposed teachers didn't know everything. Right. Okay. Um, fast forward um, half my life ago, I'm 62, so about 30 years ago, I had a very formative experience with a station manager at a local TV station in Rhode Island. Long story short, we got into an argument, puts his arm around me very condescendingly, says, listen here, kiddo, um, we don't give a fuck about our viewers. Our advertisers pay the bills around here. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then I could never watch television again. Right. It's like, uh, of course, tell me once. Don't, don't need to tell me again. Okay. Um, I've never actually personally owned a television. Um, we haven't had cable in the house for a decade plus or more. Um, so I don't get the daily dose of propaganda, right. hypnosis, right? right? And and so whatever I try to learn is because I'm looking for it. Mm-hmm. And it's still hard. You know, it's still propaganda right. everywhere. Okay. Right. Um, I don't subscribe to a newspaper. I don't read that propaganda. Right. Um, and, and so at some point, half a lifetime ago, I got that wake up call that, oh, um, your teacher doesn't know everything. I uh, had a similar experience in college. Um, the media is just full of lies. Uh, when I moved out to California, I fell down the rabbit hole of natural health and I managed a nutrition store for a decade plus. And I was the buyer. So I was the person who decided which product went on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So I've seen thousands of products. I mean, probably tens of thousands of products. Right. And gotten thousands of sales pitches from salespeople pushing products. Right. <laughs> Read a lot of studies. And, you know, I got I got really good at determining. Um, I, I had a couple of real simple guidelines for when a salesperson would come in trying to sell me a product. And my favorite one is if they uh, were trying to sell body care, skin care, you know, topical product. Um, there was a Mexican restaurant next to where we worked. And so if a salesperson came in and they had a skincare product, I go, oh, hold on a moment. I got to go get something. So I'd go to the Mexican restaurant, get a plastic spoon. And whatever their skincare product was, I'd take a little spoonful. I go, if you're willing to eat it, I'm willing to keep talking to you. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Now, if it was, <laughs> if it was cocoa butter or coconut mm-hmm. oil or, you know, right. rosemary or lavender or whatever, sure, no problem. Okay. Very few salespeople made it through that first basic fundamental test. Because if you rub it on your skin, where does it go? Oh, it disappeared. It didn't evaporate. It went into your skin, mm-hmm. probably found a capillary, went to your heart and your lungs right. and your liver. So you right. just ate it. You just ate it. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the second test was, okay, great. Um, open-minded. I'll try anything. Give me a sample. Take it home. I'll, I'll rub it on my half of my face for two weeks. You come back in two weeks. And if you can tell which side looks better. Um, and as you can see, nothing works. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, rub it on, rub it on half my face and come back in two weeks. And if you go, Jim, that side looks a lot better. If that's the side I was rubbing your product on, I'll put it on the shelf. I'll be your best salesperson. Okay. I brought home a set of products one day that passed the taste test. Okay. Or the eat test. I mean, they didn't taste that great, but you could eat them because they were clean. Um, <laughs> and my girlfriend, Marissa was like, Oh, Oh, those look really cool. Let me try. Let me try. Let me try. 
So for two weeks, she would close the door and you know go rub it on half her face. And two weeks went by. And I was like, oh, well, that side definitely looks better. And she's like, get this crap away from me. The side that she was using the product on looked demonstrably drier, you know, worse, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, how hard is that, people? How hard is that? Mm -hmm. You're going to rub something on your skin? Okay. Would you eat it? N not that it's going to taste like, you know, wonderful, tasty food, but mm -hmm. You know, if it's coconut oil or cocoa butter or, you know, essential oils or, and, you know, many other things. Okay. Um, the simplest test in the world, I'm going to bring this back to crazy reality. There are now finally people who are taking vials of quote unquote COVID vaccines mm -hmm. and taking a drop of the vial and mixing it with blood and looking at it going, holy crap. Right. The latest one that I've seen, you may or not have seen it yet. Um, gentleman who was on Stu Peters, but he's from Ecuador. And I actually know people in Ecuador who know the man. Um, he was testing what's going on with the, the ingredients in the vaccine vials. And he found that if he just put it under a microscope, yeah, you know, you see what you see. But if he turned on his Wi-Fi router, that would trigger the self-assembling Mm -hmm. um, circuitry biostructures biostructure and mm -hmm. or whatever nanostructures i don't know if they're necessarily biological um mm -hmm. if he turned off the wi-fi it would again slowly dissolve mm -hmm. okay and and so you go there's other folks who have taken blood samples i mean it's not hard to hit your finger and drop a blood on a slide and right. take a drop of a vaccine and watch it just absolutely completely destroy your blood. Right. hundred okay? percent. And and you go, what? Nobody did that test. Mm -hmm. Okay. You think you can, I mean, there was a point I wrote an, an article. Um, there were a handful of people and I think Denmark actually finally got around to making this change in their protocols. Um, just boom, sticking a needle in somebody and not aspirating to see if you're in a major artery or a vein. Which you is know, a requirement. Mm -hmm. Should be, but isn't. Okay. <laughs> and and so if you just think about it, people, right? You randomly stick a needle into somebody's arm and you just push. Mm -hmm. Okay. Even if you don't hit an artery or a vein or a capillary, the simple pressure of sticking, you know, however much is in, in the right. syringe, it's going to push some of that into a capillary, which is headed towards a venule, which is headed mm -hmm. towards a vein, which is headed straight to your heart. Right. So if you hit a vein, boom, that whole thing's going right to the heart. Boom. People mm -hmm. kill over and die. Right. Now, one out of 10,000 are unlucky that way. One out of 20,000. Okay, whatever. Um, you can't even begin to deny. Well, you can deny that reality, but right. you can't. You can't prove otherwise that that's a possibility. Mm -hmm. Okay, there have been plenty of people who maybe they hit an artery, and so the arm that they got the injection in just went ne necrotic. I mean, right. it just died. Okay, right. or got inflamed or crazy, mm -hmm. and. and just because that didn't happen to the other 999 or 9,999 doesn't deny that. Observed that it still reality. happened. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
And so you go, oh, um, maybe the Russian roulette that you're playing, um, the revolver doesn't just have six um, uh, places to put a bullet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, maybe it's one out of 10,000. Maybe it's one out of 5,000. Okay. Right. But then the whole long-term aspect of it, uh, the latest article that I published is actually an old, relatively old video from Dr. Richard Fleming, where he, he does it very clearly, and I hope I can share the clarity. Um, did anybody ever say that they had someone go to a bat cave in China and pick up some guano and I you know, isolate a virus mm-hmm. and extract the RNA from that virus mm-hmm. and make that into what's being injected. Okay. Right. No, the mm-hmm. mRNA that is in the injection did not come from nature. Mm-hmm. Okay? Correct. They got digitally some data from China. Mm-hmm. They altered that sequence with right. some pseudo uracil and some other things and lord knows what else they put in there in terms of mm-hmm. the sequence they in silico meaning in the computer mm-hmm. change the sequence and claim to be able to reproduce that and stick it in a vial to stick it in your arm that by definition is a biological weapon right it's irrefutable right absolutely but yet but yet people can't wrap their head around that two and a half years later. Okay. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing um, is that, and I've talked about this before that we are and have been for decades under that biological weapons convention, which is the same thing that they want to do with the treaty. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Um the Geneva Convention, the Biological Weapons Convention, it clearly states in their guidelines, as well as the Nuremberg, everything that we are not allowed to do to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, biological weapons, you're not allowed to manufacture them, you're not allowed to use them, you're not allowed to do this, that, the other, or whatever. But there's no enforcement arm. All these member states from the UN signed on to this, uh, but there's no enforcement arm. So it's kind of like relying on people like Dr. Fauci to tell you the truth. Right. Uh, yeah, no, uh, we only have four bio labs in the world. That's all we own is just four. <laughs> uh, but believe us, because I said so. Uh, yeah. And they're supposed to report like... Uh, anything the labs are working on and the whole nine yards. And it, it was back in 20, I want to say 16, I think. Two uh, doctors um, that were members of the UN had made um, suggested amendments to where um, this could not be used in uh and function research um, and and multiple other uh, things that they laid out very clearly. They're like, it's not stated in here in clear language, so we need to add this amendment in. Do you know that they rejected that uh, 
a hundred percent. Yeah. And, and so at, at this point, you know, looking to move forward, um, whatever the percentage may be, okay. It varies mm-hmm. from state to state and country to country. Right. Uh, a lot of people uh, have made decisions based on lives. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so my heart goes out to the folks who uh, were improperly informed, right? Um, gave their consent or were coerced, coerced. into giving their consent. Some mm-hmm. people ran and said, oh, I got a hat. I love it. I want it. You know, because they, they believed what they saw on TV or they believed what they heard, you know, someone right. say about it. And so at, at some point, there will, I hope, come a time, and we're pretty much there right now, where... You know, when the CDC says, look, you know, we're changing our guidelines because, quite frankly, the injections don't work and in- mm-hmm. injected people are no uh, more of a risk than non-injected people, blah, blah, blah. At, at, at some point, the people who have been lied to and made these decisions are are either going to feel, I, I mean, I saw something the other day, it, it really made me sad. Um, Mike Tyson in a, in a wheelchair saying he he got how do you coerce mike tyson to do something my <laughs> my god you know well the, the family does the did the boxing league go along uh, you know, with it, the with the horse shit it, it was more along the lines of you know his career required travel right and so for him to keep up his career and pay the bills and all that stuff mm-hmm. he got coerced into getting it so that he could freely travel mm-hmm. and, and so you know he's in a wheelchair now and he thinks he's going to die and right. that's just you know it, it's it's say what you want about the sport of boxing and say what you want about mike tyson um clearly not a weak individual right okay right. absolutely um, but yet the coercion so strong that even a Mike Tyson fell for that pressure. Okay. Well, um, and if you think about too, uh, any any time in history that there has been coercional marketing, um, coercional regulations by businesses, anything like that, conditional of employment, uh, which technically should be against equal opportunity employment laws. Um, But anytime you have to uh, bribe somebody with a gift card, uh, bribe somebody with free burgers and fries and a shake, um, or tell them, you know, they, they can't go to the gym or they can't fly or they can't whatever, unless you do this, unless you take this. Um, if there's coercional marketing behind it, you should flip and run. Absolutely run. And and what I'm what I'm really trying to say, and I want to make sure it's I'm clear, uh, my heart goes out to the people who right. found themselves in a situation where the coercion and the pressure and the mandates and the threats and the fear mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it overwhelmed their ability to say no. No. Okay. Right. And you know, I get it. Um it's easy to criticize somebody who was uh, coerced into doing something. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in their shoes. 
maybe not so easy. You know, you got right. family to take care of. You've got right. all kinds of different things. At this point in time, we all have to recognize that many millions, if not billions of people have been so injured. Right. Okay? Absolutely. hundred percent. Hey, no, no <clears throat> judgment. No, 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 anything. It's like we, we tried to help as best we could to get right. you to see that they were lying to you and coercing you. Their coercion worked. Water under, oh, you know, what is it? Mm -hmm. Under the bridge and over the dam or whatever. Um, <laughs> where do we go from here? Because many of those people are still in denial. Because right. Because I couldn't imagine what it would feel like, you know, to be in that position because I'm not in that position. Yeah. Right? My husband was in that position. Yeah. And, uh -huh. and so uh, the issue going forward is all right. Now what a uh, couple of the things that I just came across in the past few days, you know, they're talking about um, self replicating. Yes. Vaccines mm -hmm. where somebody you walk past could spew on you and you get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. They're talking about injecting such things into the domestic food animal supply. Correct. Pigs and chickens and cows and goats mm -hmm. and whatever else you, know, you might eat. Right. Um, they're talking about putting it in the food. Okay? And that is, that is so, 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 so illegal. Because again, you have to give consent. And and so are they are they going to force them? Even, or is there going to be a loophole where they have to who have put resisted? That... Even people who have resisted the coercion, mm -hmm. okay, are are now, you know, potentially coming into a position where um the whole world around us is trying to kill us. Right. Meaning the food might be giving you some spike protein. Okay. 100%. And it's not just meat. It could be, you know, your vegetables. It could be um, your pet. It could be the zoo animal. Mm -hmm. It could be your neighbor. Um, it could be the smart dust floating down from the sky. Well, and two, People need to realize that they're trying to kill us. Yeah. And two, since they're, um, they already have the hydrogel technology, yeah. um, they have discussed putting it in everyday uh, first aid items like band-aids yeah so you can have a hydrogel delivery system <clears throat> for vaccinations in your band-aid mm -hmm. so you know the the level of um genocide that mm -hmm. you know there's actually a phrase um democide where uh your government is trying to kill you right and it, it's a mix of all of the above and, and so uh how you get people to become aware, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all I do is put the information out and exactly. do everything I can to work with the willing and organized people who mm -hmm. are uh, aware enough to want to be able to have a conversation right. to become more aware. I mean, I, I try to learn something new every day. I surely don't know everything. Me neither. Uh, mm -mm. But um, you can tell when people don't want to know. Right. Uh, I can't handle it. I want to live in the matrix. Give me another mm -hmm. blue pill. Let me go back to believing what I want to believe. Right. Uh, and that's their choice. Yeah. And um, that's all, that's all we can do um, is share information. And one of the things I want people to be highly aware of 
um, and I've talked about this before, but this goes along with, you know, um, the CARE Act. They set out monies for five years. And if you research um, about smallpox um, and um, what's it called? Uh, hemorrhagic fever. Uh, hemorrhagic fever. The United States government owns all of the monoclonal antibodies and countermeasures or treatments for hemorrhagic fever, which is a form of Ebola virus. Uh, the government also already has millions of dollars worth of vaccinations for that, along with owning all of the treatments. So that's coming. Mm -hmm. Nothing like a gloom and doom message, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so um, you, you know, get a bleed from your eye sockets and you get a bleed from your eye sockets. <laughs> the joke people lighten up. It's, it's, it's it's hard for a lot of people to you know come face to face with and so right. uh if, if you're not uh aware of reality if you go oh mm -hmm. those are crazy claims or you know mm -hmm. what i have um, done modestly successfully i think is just say look um here's government document here's what they're telling you right here's what here's what the law says here's what they're Mm -hmm. you know presentation their plan their treaty their this or that and the other mm -hmm. um it, it's been actually kind of easy for me on a relative scale it's just like look um i'm just looking at this document did you see this did you see what they told you this mm -hmm. is what they're doing um this is what they're planning on doing right uh this is what they're scheduled to do right um did you see that okay and because you're not going to see it on the mainstream oh no uh -uh. It, you know I'll, I'll be happy to tell you what i think about it but that's less important from a starting point as mm -hmm. did you have a clue that this is what they're doing? Right. Okay? And then at some point it's undeniable. I mean, it's just, they have passed the law. Here's what the law says. I know you didn't know that they did that, but they did that. Mm -hmm. okay? um, at that point, people are no longer unaware. Now they have a choice to be ignorant right or do something say something you know take an action and right. you know i get it most people life is beating them down they're trying to make ends meet put food on the mm -hmm. table they don't have the time energy and whatever to to push back at it right but you know stop feeding the beast stop watching tv mm -hmm. stop spending money at places that are you know not on your side right um, it's really easy to stop being a part of the problem Mm -hmm. um, Amen. You're going to keep taking drugs. You're going to keep getting shots. You're going to keep spreading <laughs> propaganda. You're going to keep paying, you know, money into those systems. Well, then mm -hmm. you are part of the problem. Yep. And uh, little by little, one by one, um, it's it's got to stop. It has right. to stop somewhere. Yeah. You know, and that and that's the thing. If if people and I think a lot of people are realizing this, um, moving away from traditional Western medicine and going uh, holistic routes and uh, natural products and things like that. I don't think 
they have any idea how quickly that system would collapse if everybody did that. Because you don't need blood work all the time. You don't need, because they're going to tell you you have something. If you work on the inflammation in your body, you're going to be fine. Diabetes is caused from inflammation throughout your body. It's body-wide. And so, you know, there's so many different things that inflammation causes. And it's because of the stuff that we literally intake into our body every single day. So, you know, we have the ability to control our systems and to make our systems better. And I have complete and total hope and faith in the future because I think people are smart enough. And I think a lot of people are finally waking up to things, even, even people that unfortunately had to get vaccination injured before coming to the realization that it's not what they were told. Yep. Um, a dozen years or so ago, um, I wrote a book about the lies behind uh, cholesterol, which mm -hmm. is just a scam from the 1950s. A hundred percent. Entitled, entitled, your doctor is a liar. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's, it's more true now. Now there are a couple of exceptions. There are some wonderful people in the world, you know, that are doctors and they give good advice and they help people, but percentage wise, you know, you're not going to find it. You're not going to just randomly run into it. Yeah. If um, they went through the Rockefeller system, you're yeah. not going to find a good yeah. one. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, I've been um, on that side of the uh, argument for decades mm -hmm. now. Right. Um, and, you know, I look at this and it, it amazes me at how horrible does it have to get before people can actually look at it and go, that's a mess. That system right. doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And if, if you looked at it differently, right? right? If, if you had a leaky roof and for 10 years, every month you had a roofer come by to patch the leak and 10 years later, it's still leaking. Mm -hmm. How is that any different? <laughs> exactly. You go to the doctor <laughs> To help you figure out what's going on with that pain or that this or that. Mm -hmm. Okay. If your roofer said, Oh, your roof cannot be fixed. There's nothing you can do. You just got to keep coming back for roof treatments. Right. Or I got to keep coming back and giving you roof treatments. Mm -hmm. Okay. If your mechanic, you know, your car wouldn't start or whatever. And every month you had to go in mm -hmm. and pay for, you know, a, an automobile MRI. Right. Or, or a CAT right. scan for your car, you know, a car scan. Okay. Mm -hmm. And ka-ching, 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 ka-ching. Um, and, and still your car was not running, you know, the way mm -hmm. you would like your car to run. If you told your friend about that roofer or that mechanic, they'd be like, man, you're being, you're being ripped off. That guy's mm -hmm. screwing you. Right. Why are you doing you that for? He's taking you for <laughs> go get it. Go get a new mechanic. Go get a new roofer. Right. So the only advice I ever give anybody is go get a new doctor, mm -hmm. go get a new health advice, you know, right. And, and ask, ask them like you would with a contractor or a mechanic mm -hmm. um, for that matter, go on Yelp. Right. And go, Hey, um, I have this problem. Mm -hmm. Have you ever solved my problem? 
right. you point me to a happy customer, happy patient, happy client, mm-hmm. and I, I would like to talk to them to find out how you guided them from being in a world of hurt mm-hmm. to being all better. Hundred okay? percent. I'd like to know that you're able to get me where I want to go from where I currently am. Right. Right. Nobody does that. And yeah. This, this is so <clears throat> fundamentally basic. And and that's the thing. And I, I have people that contact me all the time and they're like, oh, Janet, like I can't get rid of this or I can't get rid of that. And I have such a problem with, you know, chronic pain or whatever. And I'm like, OK, let's go through literally everything that you do every day. OK, well, this is definitely a problem. I eat really healthy. I love. Oh yeah, right. Okay, I, then you would be really healthy. I love hearing that, and then it's like, <laughs> but I eat uh, processed, prepackaged meat from the deli, and right. I'm like, okay, well that's not real healthy. Read your package, uh, you know, or things like that, or you know, I'm really healthy, but I, I drink a lot of Coke. Yeah, just the just the process of asking and receiving answers to those questions. Okay, mm-hmm. um, they'll tell you immediately. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've had many, many, many of those conversations where, mm-hmm. if if see the problem has really ended up being um, the system doesn't mm-hmm. actually want to solve your problem. No, okay? they want to maintain that problem. So that the treatments continue because that's where the money is. Correct. When when you talk to somebody like Janet or you talk to me or somebody mm-hmm. and, and they go, oh, well, let's identify the cause of your problem. So your problem goes mm-hmm. away. Right. Well, there's no recurring income. There's right. no ongoing. Correct. Um, they don't have they don't have that cyclical uh, loop that they right. need to keep you in. And the, and the right. funny thing is, I always describe it like Pringles. You remember the Pringles commercial, you can't just have one. Um, And so, especially nowadays with all the soy and hormones and things they put in everything that's processed, people have a lot of depression, anxiety, stuff like that. So you cannot ever just have one pill. You have to have a cocktail. There's at least two. And a lot of times more. And then it's like any anything that you're diagnosed with, um, whether it's blood pressure or something else, oh, it doesn't seem to be working uh, as good as we hope. So we're going to have to put you on the second one that's going to, it's going to boost it a little bit. It's going to help you out. Hmm. Which people don't understand a lot of times these pharmaceuticals will actually destroy your internal organs. Especially anything for the cholesterol scam you are literally causing your liver to die and the way they run the trials and the way they craft the data that's a very Mm -hmm. good example the um the statins to lower Mm -hmm. right to, to to make it so that your body cannot create the compound known mm-hmm. as cholesterol mm-hmm. um, also inhibits the creation of other compounds correct and so when you actually look at the whole study and all of the data, mm-hmm. yes, when you take that poison, you're less likely to die from heart disease because you're more likely to die from cancer and infection and accident and all these mm-hmm. other things 
And so statistically, same story that we're dealing with now, mm-hmm. they don't look at the overall likelihood of death. Mm-hmm. They look at the fact that the reason attributed to the death or the cause of the death mm-hmm. shifted. And right. so they don't want you to look at the big picture. Oh, people who take these drugs are more likely to die. Right. right? You go, oh, well, you're less likely to die from the problem you're worried about. Right. Never mind that you're just <laughs> flat out more likely to die. Okay? Right. And, and <laughs> the injections, you know, are the same thing. Mm-hmm. The data is out there and it's all being denied. Right. And manipulated. You got, you got <clears throat> one, two, three, four, five, six jabs. Okay. You're, you're now actually more likely to be diagnosed with the thing that the jab was supposed to prevent. Mm-hmm. And you're more likely to mysteriously die from sudden adult death syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to, you know, and, and, you know, nowadays, you know, if you take naps or you go out in the sun or, you know, any other thing that you naturally do with life, it's connected to a higher risk of death because, mm-hmm. you know, there's a whole thing called the Simpsons paradox where you can take data and you can group it together and you could make it seem like these numerical coincidences are mm-hmm. causal, right? Because you did this, that happened. Um, right. But it's just lying with. I was going to say how to lie with statistics. Hmm, very good book there. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is that uh, people don't understand that most of the medical studies that are out there for public consumption, whether it's for a drug or for a vaccine or whatever, uh, it may have been conducted by XYZ company. However, look at the funders of XYZ company. The pharmaceutical companies hire these people to do their studies with and produce the data that they want to see so that they can approve their drug on the market. I've, That's I've, what I've they got do. A, I've got a couple of stories along that road, and I see that my battery on my phone is getting pretty close to time. i got to plug it in. But um, I'd love to pass on a couple of stories about that. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue with the studies is not just the studies that get published. Correct. The issue is, well, which studies were done and failed and didn't get published? Well, right. those are just as valuable, if not more valuable, exactly. because those get those get buried. Then there's the whole pile of studies that never get done at all, mm-hmm. okay? Because nobody wants to fund them. Because there's even if the study was wonderful and great, right. well, I can't make money on it. So why the hell would you bother doing it? Okay? Right. I actually had an interesting. Uh, I, I guess I, I I did research to analyze studies that were being presented mm-hmm. for a natural product that was coming out of Canada. For diabetes. Right. Okay. And the marketing for it was like, oh, it's the greatest thing in the world, you know, 100% better than this, that, or the other, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. Um, but what I realized was the way the data from the study was presented mm-hmm. was they said that their treatment was better than placebo. Okay. Well, it was a study on diabetes. If they gave people a sugar pill, okay, um, what does it really say that you're better than giving somebody sugar? Okay, and so if you actually looked at 
the the data, um, the numbers showed that people who did absolutely nothing baseline, okay, that obviously giving them a sugar pill made things worse. Mm -hmm. Obviously. Giving them the herbal treatment that was being promoted made them worse, but it made them less worse than flat out just giving them sugar. Okay. So they could legitimately say it made them better than placebo. Right. But it didn't make them better mm. than doing nothing. Tricky wording there, huh? Very tricky word. <laughs> um, and, and so uh, what happens is who in the hell has the time or the analytical skills to read these crazy studies and so what you read is an abstract and you don't really <laughs> read the abstract. You read the marketing department. Oh no, you don't even read that. You right. read um, the salesperson's mm -hmm. rewording of the marketing department's presentation of right. the abstract to the study that actually failed, but was crafted in a way, you know, you're so many levels removed right. from actual reality, right? Mm -hmm. What has happened is if, if you took the product and you got better, okay, you're like, mm -hmm. well, I got better, right? But what happens is people go to their doctor, they take a drug, and they don't get better. They get different. Uh -huh. like, oh, that thing, yeah, the pain went away a little bit, but now I got this problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's Let's not treat a, that too. That's, that's not a side effect. If you were, if you were uh, hired to create a new drug, okay? You want to identify some compound that doesn't exist in nature because you can't you can't patent nature. Mm -hmm. So, you know, somebody in the chemistry department makes some wacky chemical that is going to do something. You run it through animal tests mm -hmm. and you see what kind of disease it causes. Mm -hmm. It's generally going to get in the way of some enzyme system. It's going to mess up some protein. It's going to do something to mess up the system. Mm -hmm. And you identify the negative impact of that poison. Mm -hmm. And then you give that to the marketing department, right? So if it caused constipation, that's a problem. But the marketing department would say, well, if somebody's got diarrhea and we give them a poison that would cause constipation in a healthy person, we could market that as a treatment, not a cure, but a mm -hmm. treatment for your diarrhea and vice versa. Yeah, cause diarrhea, you could sell it to somebody who's constipated. So mm -hmm. the person walks in with constipation or diarrhea, you give them another poison, their symptoms balance out, but now they go forward into their life with whatever they were doing, they're still doing mm -hmm. because they never, well, why am I seeing this problem? Right. And now they're swallowing a poison that's mm -hmm. going to give them a whole nother side of problems. Mm -hmm. Month later, they go, oh, I still got my original problem. I'm still eating whatever the crap it was that I was eating that caused these problems. Now I got a drug that's poisoning me. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't really know what's going on. Now I got another problem, another drug, another drug, another drug. When yep. you look at the statistics, it wasn't comorbidities that was really directly correlated with people dying from or with COVID. Mm -hmm. It was how many medications were they on? That was mm -hmm. the best indicator. Right. Okay. Absolutely. And so how badly are you being poisoned mm 
-hmm. by the medical pharmaceutical industrial complex was the best indicator of whether or not you're likely to die from the new poisons that they're going to give you when you go to the hospital and you get put on morphine or remdesivir or midazolam or whatever in the mm -hmm. hospital um, that just wipes out your kidneys, wipes out your liver and, and you die. They blame COVID, but it was really pharmaceutical poisoning that I believe killed the vast majority. So let me, let me ask you this, um, taking it back to the conversation on the who uh, and what's going on there. Do you see them being able to mandate uh, or push, legalize, whatever word you want to use, whatever treatments uh, that we have to follow? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, the way it appears that they are playing their version of this game of life is the vast majority of the delegates have bought into the pharmaceutical system. Right. And they are, they feel that they are protecting their nation because their nation is somewhat impoverished mm -hmm. and was not able to just fork over billions of dollars to Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, J and J, whatever, mm -hmm. and pre buy gobs and gobs and gobs of, um, injections or drugs and mm -hmm. so they feel that they have not been treated equitably right okay and so they are doing their darndest to negotiate for more poison mm -hmm. they want more poison because they they, they don't know because a lot of those countries probably don't have know, the media well you know i saw some builder Independent uh, researchers. <laughs> I, think the, I think the website is Our World in Data or something like that, where if, if you go into their database and you look at the graphs where um, how, what, what percentage of people in Africa got the injection compared to percentage in Asia or Europe or so, I was surprised South America was way over the top. Okay, mm -hmm. they got the most. Um, That's because Bill Gates is there. <laughs> well, Africa is foundation. Africa is surprisingly, you know, interestingly, bringing up the the rear. They're they're the lowest amount of um, injections, mm -hmm. and they're the lowest rate of death. Mm -hmm. But their delegates to the WHO are indoctrinated in this Rockefeller educational medical, mm -hmm. you know, complex. And they feel like they have been wrong. They haven't gotten enough injections. All of the, you know, people who are dying, um, you know, they got two, three, four, five, six, seven boosters. Mm -hmm. We were lucky to get any. The people didn't want them. People were smart enough to reject them because they've, you know, been through it. And and so they're fighting for equity. And their definition of equity is give us more pharmaceutical poison. And the level of disconnect between reality and, and, you know, what they're striving for, you know, I hope it can be broken through um, because they're fighting for more poison for their people. You know, here's what I see. Um, you know, we pulled out of the who, and then of course with this new president, we got back into the who. Technically we never got out. It got started. 
Yeah. We got aborted midstream, you know, yeah. is another uh, trigger word. Um, so here's what I see because we have so much wealth and we have so much uh, money that we give to the who I can completely see, even though the, the who will uh, be in charge, wink, wink. Um, I think we're going to shadow puppet that. And it is the United States who is going to decide who's going to get what. Because we're the piggy bank for the whole entire world. Do you see that as a possibility? Uh, yeah, I think the EU is pushing pretty hard. You know, they're sort of on a par in, in that. But, um, you know, everybody's trying to use the WHO, as you put it, a sock puppet. Mm -hmm. um, oh, they're doing such good for humanity. Let's give them mm -hmm. more money. Let's give them more power. Mm -hmm. um, health is personal. Okay. When some bureaucrat halfway around the world is forcing your doctor to give you something that you know mm -hmm. is a biological weapon right you got to say well i got to get out of that i i personally have to get out of that system right but then on a bigger level um our nation has to get out of that system mm -hmm. and um you know it's a battle for the awareness of, of people and uh you know i just uh I, I guess maybe to wrap it up, because I'm looking at my battery and I don't want to just disappear from this conversation uh, mm -hmm. rudely when my battery dies. But, you know, I've tried to organize this information coherently. I've got a couple of uh, web pages that people can look at. One of them is stopthewho.com. Should be easy to remember. Stopthewho.com. And specifically for the United States, uh, declarationofdemands.com, which is a play on Declaration of Independence, so declarationofdemand.com. And the crazy thing that I do all the time is I give out my phone number and I invite people to call me. So 310-619-3055. Um, you can reach me. Text is probably best because, you know, if I'm on the phone or whatever, you know, text. Doing a show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, a couple of people have tried to call. I got to call them back. Um, it, it's... My my view is there's a lot of wonderful people out there who are mm -hmm. very much awake and they know things that I don't know and right. vice versa, hopefully. And and so um, networking and getting connected to people who mm -hmm. you can talk to and right. learn from and move forward with and join forces with. And bounce ideas I, off of. I don't I don't try to convince people who don't want to be convinced. Yeah, no, it's not, it's that's pointless. Like yeah, yeah. It's, it's a waste of both of our time. Um, I'll drop a little nugget. And, and I think questions, rhetorical questions are the best nuggets to drop. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I see you're wearing a mask. Um, why did you choose that mask? Mm -hmm. is, that the best? <laughs> is, is that the best, most effective mask? Um, are you concerned about spreading or are you concerned about getting you know, having it, having it, it be spread to you? Um, what research did you reference to make that choice? Mm -hmm. That's and awesome. And and you don't need the sticker. Oh, you you got some injections. Which which injection did you choose to get, and why? Mm -hmm. Was did you choose Pfizer because it had less mRNA, or did you choose Moderna because it's got three times as much? Mm -hmm. 
or did you choose um, J and J because it goes, you know, it actually has the DNA already and put together. Okay. Um, why did you make that choice? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you know, you can try to tell people you should do this or you should do that. Yeah. Everybody's got to make their own decisions. If, if you, if you raise a question, okay. Um, you won't get an answer because they don't have research to back up the choice that they made. Right. They may very well say something like, oh, you know, it's what my doctor had available. So it's what I took mm -hmm. or, oh, I had to get it and they were giving it out at the, at the workplace. So it was convenient. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. yeah. And just let, let that, you know, they're going to have to deal with the consequences of their own choices. Right. And to, to tell them, oh, you made a bad choice, they, they'll know, right? But then they're going to have to deal internally with that internal conflict. Right. If you, if you stick your butt in the middle of their internal trauma, it's coming out of them at you. So don't go mm -hmm. there. Just right. drop, drop the question in and run, <laughs> okay? It's like, you know, <laughs> throw, throw their grenade. Don't get them mad at you because, you know, they made a choice. It's free country. They got. Why did you make that choice? Okay. But you know what, though, that's actually smart doing that because that plants a seed. The question okay. that you ask them plants a seed in their mind, and then they'll be dwelling on that. Why? Why are you going to another medical doctor? Mm -hmm. Because you're just going to get the same answer as the first medical doctor. If you want a second opinion, why don't you go to a different kind of doctor mm -hmm. okay i oh, love your roof had, analogy because that is yeah. oh you've had arthritis our system you've had arthritis for 15 years oh mm -hmm. so your doctor doesn't know how to cure arthritis why do you keep going back why mm -hmm. don't you find somebody who knows how to cure it oh it can't be cured oh your roof can't be fixed and your car can't be fixed and you know mm -hmm. what are you doing everything right? they tell you in the medical system as a complete and total farce. And I will tell you that without a shadow of a doubt, there is always a way to fix yeah. every single problem that you have yeah. naturally. There's, there's, there's a book um, called holographic universe written mm -hmm. decades ago. And I've, um, I loaned out my copy. I never got it back. I got to go buy another one, but there were, uh, a story from the 1960s where a woman, I think she was in Mexico, I could be wrong about that, but they had x-rays of her pelvic region where her uh, the upper part of her leg and her hip joint and her pelvis was just completely gone. It was all a big tumor. Mm -hmm. And she was obviously crippled. And then they had um, um, x-ray evidence of it all growing back. And so True or not true, okay? I, I mean, I trusted that it was true. And I've seen all kinds of stories of healing, all right? Mm -hmm. If you just kind of stop and think, well, wait a minute, you know, the cells in your body, they know how to grow you the first, you know, to begin with. Right. There's ample evidence of things that are being repaired in the body. Right. Uh, if you don't believe that it can be fixed, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Because yes. you just go up, never going to fix it, can't fix it, not going to try. Yes. But if you have that little bit of faith and belief that, well, 
you know, maybe this guy doesn't know how to do it, but maybe somebody else does. Mm -hmm. Right. You keep looking, you keep looking, you keep asking questions, you keep trying things. That's what science is. Right. Science is maybe there's a way. All right? right. And then when you find it, maybe it was the way that was only right for you. And the next person needed to do a different path. Differently. Yep. But if you allow yourself to be hypnotized into believing, up oh, can never be fixed. No how, mm -hmm. no way. Right. You're always going to oh, be sick. Oh, you mean I, I couldn't possibly fix my diabetes? problems by mm -hmm. eating less sugar mm -hmm. oh boy who'd, who'd have ever thunk that um i should go look in my pantry and see what percentage of my diet is carbohydrate mm -hmm. and ask myself the question is it possible that the reason there's too much sugar in my blood is there's too much sugar in my pantry you know blame your pantry oh wait a minute who fills your pantry mm. okay and and what do you reach in to grab out of the pantry um could that possibly have an impact on the level of sugar in your blood and the level of inflammation and blah, 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 blah. Yep. Oh, oh crap. That means I got to change. Oh, change is hard. That's why a lot of people don't do it because yep. we're instant gratification. And if they can't fix it immediately with a pill, they don't want to work at it. Yep. And it's, it's not all just diet. I had an experience with a, a person who was a customer where I used to manage the nutrition store. And I was out walking one day and I saw her um, walking up the stairs to a second floor apartment. And uh, maybe 20 feet from where she lived, there were high voltage trans uh, transformers mm -hmm. just buzzing. Right. Right. So the next time I saw her, I said, Hey, you know, it's not like I was stalking you or anything, but I saw where, you know, I, I guess you live. Uh, and I like, man, I would never live there. And she's like, oh, I got a lease and I can't, you know, maybe you're right, but what am I going to do? Six months later, um, she came back into the store and everybody was like, oh, my God, you look so great. What, you know, what, what, what? oh, I moved. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, I had another situation where a person was in a stressful job that literally the words out of her mouth was my job's killing me. Right. Okay? And I said to her, look, you know, you just gave me a pretty good clue. I'm not going to sell you anything. Mm -hmm. apparently you need to quit your job. Ah, mm -hmm. She stormed out of the store. Mm -hmm. okay. A year later, this woman walks into the store, comes right up to me and she goes, I don't know if you remember me, but I'm just here to tell you that you were right. <laughs> like, I kind of remember you. You're what, like, what, duh. What am, I, what am I right about? She's like, oh, I quit my job and you know, life is all better. I was like, oh, mm -hmm. great. Um, you know, it's not just taking about, out the toxic out of your life. Improves your health. Turn off the damn TV. Yep. Mentally, you'll be way better almost immediately. Yep. You know, it'll, it'll have a little bit of withdrawal, okay? Um, but stop watching that crap. Yep. Stop worrying about the crap that they make you worry about. A hundred percent. thinking about the future and what you want and the solutions. And, you know, it'll take a while for all the crap to filter out of your system. If you've been watching TV for 20 years, you know, mm -hmm. it'll probably take 20 months to get all that crap cleaned out. Um, <laughs> but if you keep putting in more crap, Expect more crap. <laughs> exactly. 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 Mr. James, it was such a pleasure and an honor having you on here with me today. Right back at you. We're going to have to uh, <clears throat> collaborate more in the future because I like chatting with you. You're fun. Cool. Cool. Um, so for me and for James, have a great day and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.